It's time now for the BetQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. As we count down here, Belmont Stakes 154. If you're listening here, of course, it's the BetQL Boston Podcast. We're doing a separate Belmont Cod podcast this week to sort of separate it out from our Celtics reaction and some NHL stuff from the Wednesday night where the Celtics able to win. And we'll get some Celtics thoughts from our good friend Dick Girardi joining us here, uh, courtesy of betonline.ag. They've got some great odds and great uh, heads-up matchups for the Belmont Stakes up there right now. Of course, you guys know Dick. Been a long fixture on this podcast, a long time, both national racing and sports columnist and journalist. Uh, great stuff for the Daily Racing Forum, Buyer Associates, and as I mention all the time, one of the sharpest handicappers I know. When you finish third in the BCBC uh, with a $2,000 exacta, uh, you do very well. And so he's been the most consistent handicapper on this podcast, and we need his help here for the Belmont Stakes card. Dick, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot to discuss here, and we'll we'll get to some other racing and some sports stuff with you coming up, but we'll jump right into it following a Preakness where early voting was able to go wire to wire at a generous $13. Epicenter right there all the way. Uh, Going to have a very good second half of the year. Would not be surprised if he contends for Horse of the Year honors, but no Epicenter, no early voting, but we do have the Derby winner. Rich Strike is back, Dick Girardi, and he is not the favorite in the Belmont Stakes going a mile and a half at Big Sandy on Saturday. Let's start right there with the Derby winner. I look at his PPs for the Belmont and still can't believe, Dick, he won the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. Uh, and I'm not surprised they did not make him the morning line favorite for the Belmont Stakes. A lot to discuss in this race. Let's start with the Derby winner, Rich Strike. His chances, his impact on the race on Saturday at Big Sandy. So you're not going from 80-1 to one to 2-1, to one, right? That's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no that's why he's not favored. It's interesting. Look, I've watched the video numerous times. And, I mean, Rich Strike outclosed all the good closers in the Derby. All of them were kind of together at the quarter pole, and he outsprinted all of them to the finish line. So there was – I mean, look, I, nobody could have foreseen it, but there was nothing fluky about what he did. Uh, it was just a dazzling turn of foot in the last quarter mile. But having said that, he had a dream set up, right? Fastest first quarter mile in Derby history, 45 and change for the half. I mean, it was set up for a closer. He just happened to be the one that did it. So then the question is, how did that happen? And we talked about before the Preakness, Mike. I don't have an answer for that, but I can tell you that I watched the videos on Memorial Day work at Churchill Downs. It was legit. He, he looked really good. Uh, all the gallops that, you know, I just I saw Dave Grenning last night in New York, and he said he's looked great every day. So I don't think he's going to run poorly. I wouldn't just throw him out or dismiss him. I think that's a mistake. Uh, I think Rich Strike certainly has a chance to run well. Uh, and it, and it's look, it's the most fascinating part of this race, right? Everybody wants to see Rich Strike. Can he do it again? And I think there's a, a misconception, Dick. People, and, and it takes a while to get here, right? It's a, it's a, we get into racing and everyone says, oh, they have tight turns at Pimlico. Well, it turns out that's not really true. You get into racing, you start betting big races. Oh, you want it. it's a mile and a half. You want a closer in the Belmont. You really don't. And so I'm curious, his, his running style, like he, he can only run one way, and, and maybe he is as good as he ran in the Derby. I just think from a running style standpoint, we'll get to the pace of the race coming up. Isn't he up against it on the win end? Like, how – how do you picture him if he's going to win? How does he win with his running style, that one late close? Because his trainer, Eric Reed said in the press conference on Tuesday, they don't plan on changing, won't be any closer. They've tried it before. They're going to drop back and make one run. Yeah, 100%. Uh, he's up against it uh, because of the circumstance. 
20 horse field in the Derby. Now we got eight. Uh, it'll be a more cleanly run race. There aren't horses that are going to get in trouble or have to go 10 wide. Uh, everything kind of went perfectly for Rich Strike, and he had the ability to do it. I mean, he, the jockey can put him in the right direction. The horse still has to run, and there's no doubt this horse is running. In fact, they couldn't pull him up. Remember after the race, I mean, he's going nuts. He's fighting the pony. He, just, he was just a wild horse. So I don't see why he wouldn't run well, but this circumstance is so different. And you have Sonny Leon, who's never ridden at Belmont Park, which is the most unique racetrack in the country. You know, when do you move? When you typically move going into the far turn, that's not really what you want to move. How far back is he going to be? He's going to have to pass them all again. Yeah, I just think it's not a horse I would bet to win at, say, 3-1, 7-2, whatever he's going to be, uh, especially if he got 80-1 to one last time. Uh, do I think he can run okay and hit the top four? I do. Um, I think he's certainly better than some of these in here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't possibly pick this horse to win this race. We got another horse coming out of the Derby here. Actually, two more, in fact. One that's going to be bet, another that uh, you know is going to be a longer shot. Mo Donegal for Todd Pletcher, the number six horse here, has a very similar running style. I thought he got very lucky in the Wood Memorial two back. To his credit, he beat early voting, but early voting did all the uh, the dirty work in that. Irad rode the wood and got a great trip up the rail to absolutely nail early voting at the buzzer. He came back in the Derby and he did did not have a good start but was in position to make a similar run to Rich Strike and just could not do it. He ended up finishing fifth. And as you said, Rich Strike was much better than him. I thought down the lane, he's 5-2 to two with Pletcher and Irad. This is what Todd does. He wins Belmonts. How about Mo Donegal, his shot in this race, Dick? Definitely a contender. Look, Irad's been riding as good as he's ever ridden here the last couple of weeks, which is saying something, right, given what a great run he's been on for the last half dozen years. I did not understand what he was doing in the Derby. I just thought it was baffling. He just looked kind of uninterested most of the race. And then he comes like a hundred wide, which actually wasn't a terrible thing. The rail act other than red stripe, nothing went on the rail all day, but I, I just found that a little bizarre. Um, I don't know about a mile and a half. I think his works with Nest together have been okay, nothing great. Um, and you get he's going to be overvalued. He's going to be probably the second choice, possibly even the favorite, yeah. uh, a contender, but not my kind of horse in this race. Uh, the morning line favorite is We the People uh, for uh, Rudolph Brissett and Flavian Pratt. He ran an unbelievable race in the Peter Pan. The race came back fast. Now it was a sloppy day at Belmont that day. But he was not tested in that race. And really, he's only made four career starts. The number one horse, We the People. His only bad effort is when he got completely washed out that day in the Arkansas Derby. It was 2-1. to one. So he was bet on that day uh, in the race that Cybernice won. He came back in the Peter Pan. He gets maybe the, one of the better young jockeys in the world in Flavian Pratt. And most importantly, he looks like controlling speed. We the people. I think he's a legitimate morning line favorite. I'm curious how they're going to bet him. You seem lukewarm on the first two we've talked about. Your thoughts on We the People, the number one horse at two to one here, Dick? Yeah, it's rare that you see a major grade one race like this, like the Belmont Stakes, where there's seven closers and one speed horse. We the People has such a gigantic tactical advantage. Uh, I'm not concerned necessarily about the distance because the first two fractions, Mike, are going to be so slow that it's almost like he's going to have to sprint one mile. Um, He he appears to be a need-to-lead type, but he's going to get the lead uh, and not have to really do a lot to get there. He's got the rail. He's got Pratt. 
The only thing not to like about him, frankly, is the price. He's probably going to go favored. He's two to one in the morning line. Not thrilled with that, with a horse, as you said, it hasn't really been tested. But he comes in with the best buyer figure. Yes, it was done on a sloppy sealed track. Uh, and yes, he was loose in moderate fractions. But he's going to get loose again. And when you look at this field, who exactly do you fear? Uh, you're looking around, you're going, oh, this is a rich strike. And Mo Donegal, who's won a really, really big race? The answer is nobody. Uh, so I think We the People is absolutely 100% the horse to beat. Huge tactical advantage uh, with the rail, the speed, Pratt. Um, worked great the other day. Mike Welsh gave it a huge, a huge thumbs up. Uh, I didn't see it, but you know, Mike's everybody's eyes and ears out there when he says it. You better listen because he's the best in the business. So, yeah, I like We the People. Uh, it it looks fairly almost too obvious to me given the tactical advantage. <laughs> yep. But you know, when it's sitting there for you, don't try to overthink it. We the People is going to be like three in front when they hit the first turn, and if they put up say like forty eight and four, and We the People's up by four after a half a mile, just start looking around for your tactics. Yeah, and it's so interesting. I wrote down, Dick, we're on the same page here. Moto, master of the obvious. Like, it just feels yep. it yep. feels Too really obvious. obvious, and that's the thing that yep. I, it's left me searching and looking through. I think there are, are two other horses. I'm with you. If I had to bet the race today, even at 2-1, to yep. one, I'd, be, I, I'd be using We the People uh, you know, exclusively as uh, you know, my top choice. But two others For I sure. think that are at least interesting to talk about. You mentioned yep. horses. So there are no horses in this field that have run in all three Triple Crown races. To his credit yep. – Kenny yep. McPeak, Kenny McPeak ran Creative Minister on Derby Day. He won yep. uh, the optional claimer there. Ran back in the Preakness to pay 150 grand to get in. They ran third. It it paid them 150, so they broke even on running yep. in the Preakness, running third to early voting at Epicenter. And now he's wheeling it back three days later. He upset this thing years ago with Sarava at 70 to one. He feels more interesting than horses like Mo Donegal and Rich Strike to me. The number five horse, Creative Minister. Your thoughts on him and what kind of shot you would uh, give him? How would you use him uh, in your plays on Saturday? Yeah, I give him a legitimate shot. I, I can certainly play a 1-5 exactly here. If you remember, Mike, I gave out Epicenter as essentially a lock in the Preakness. Yep. Uh, yep. And I, I had a gigantic Epicenter over Creative Minister, knowing that the only horse that could possibly beat us was early voting. And, of course, he did. Uh, what I never expected was Epicenter to be eight of nine after a quarter mile. I thought he'd be third right on early voting. So kind of the way the race was run changed everything. Sure. But it didn't change my thoughts on creative minister. Uh, each each race is better. The buyer figure 76, 83, 96, 100. Uh, if Brian Hernandez had stayed on the rail the entire trip, I think he actually could have been second. He came off a little too soon on the turn. The rail was live on Preakness Day. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like Creative Minister. I, I love the fact that Kenny's, as you said, running in all three in quotation marks he ran on Derby Day. <laughs> and, and, and nobody does that anymore except yeah. for, like, a horse that wins the Derby and the Preakness. So it's like he's one of, the, one of the game guys in the sport. He actually wants to run horses. So I give him extra credit for that. I think this is a really, really talented horse who's uh, on the improve. So, yeah, I give Creative Minister a real chance. And the other one I, I think is at least interesting because of the connections uh, is Nest, yep. the, the Philly, yep. for Todd and for Jose. Uh, yep. Nest will be the five horse here, eight to one on the morning line. It's funny, you said what other horses have won big races, and I, I wanted to just yell out, well, 
At least Ness yeah. won the Ashland, but that was an eight-horse field. Uh, I'm right. not sure. I mean, she she beat some next out winners in that race. She's been thought of uh, pretty well since debut back at Belmont. You win a mile and a sixteenth as a two-year-old. Uh, you know, there at Belmont Park, that's a good thing. Really done nothing wrong. Finished second in Secret Oath there in the Kentucky Oaks. And again, Todd has won this race with Phillies before with rags to riches that uh, stands out. So uh, your thoughts on Nest? Because these are the five, to me, the five we've mentioned, the five that I, I find the yeah. most interesting. Uh, your thoughts on the Philly against the boys on Saturday? Now, you're right. As soon as I said that, I realized I should have made a caveat of against the boys, right? Because obviously, <laughs> Nest, winning the Ashland's a very significant race. And, and, and look, I thought she ran well in the Kentucky Oaks. But let's steal in the in figure reality here. She's never gotten beyond a 92. Uh, her race behind Secret Oath, while a good one, Secret Oath came back to run fourth behind Creative Minister in the Preakness. I just think by the numbers, she's just not fast enough. But having said that, if you said, who's got the best pedigree for the mile and a half of the Belmont? It's Nest. It's not even close, right, by Curlin, who just about beat rags to riches uh, in the Belmont obviously would have beaten her if the race had been later on in the year. He just wasn't quite ready uh, to beat those, uh, win those kind of races at that point after winning the Preakness. But I, I just think she's just not quite fast enough, Mike. That's my issue with Nest. Uh, I every, like everything else about her, but if that 92 in the Ashland was say 102, I'd be a lot more interested, but you know me bottom line, I need to see numbers and I just don't see the numbers. All right, so we agree. We the people, the horse to beat. The price is not great. Uh, the three horse, we did mention three horses here, so I'll just mention them. The Skippy Longstocking, the two is going to be a huge price in this race. Yep. The two outside horses, Golden Glider and Barbara Road for John Ortiz and Joel Rosario. Any interest in any uh, any of those three that we didn't really do a deep dive on here in the Belmont, Dick? Yeah, maybe Barber Road, I thought his derby was pretty good. He, he came running at the end. And just the fact that he's got Rosario, nothing against Ray Luke Gutierrez, is a really good young rider, but Rosario is the best finisher in the sport. This is his kind of horse uh, where Epicenter isn't uh, to me. Epicenter is more of you got to think your way through it. Uh, Joel is awesome on front runners, and he's awesome on deep closers. But those ones where you got to think about what the position is, he's, that's not his forte. But, yeah, Barber Road fits in perfectly. So that's the kind of horse that could hit the exactor of the try at a big, big price. All right. So uh, how do you want to give – what would be your top three? If you were picking it for the form, Dick, what would be your top three? And how do you want to bet this race? What do you want to be alive to in the different uh, multi-race wagers? And we're going to pick through the pick five here in just a second. Yeah, so we the people – uh, in a one-five exact, and I'm going to get that exact. I didn't get in the Preakness, and I bet a lot of money on that exact. <laughs> the you know, when you're really confident, you got to back yeah. it up with the paper, and I did. It's, it's fine, and I, I don't have any second thoughts about it. Early voting ran better than I expected, and I shouldn't have expected that he could, given the connections, how great they are. Uh, but, yeah, I like We the People, loose on the lead, gone, creative minister maybe sitting third or fourth. And, and and when everybody's starting to collapse a little bit, he's still running. And I think of the contenders, he'll be the best price of of Rich Strike and Mo Donegal. I think he'll be the best one of that group. So yeah, I, I'm going to try a one five here, it's and fun. maybe a one. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a try. Maybe like a one five eight would be nice. That could get you somewhere. Try to keep Nest, Rich Strike, and. Mo Donegal out. That might be asking a lot to keep them all at it. And if you said which is the most likely to be in, I would say Rich Strike. I have no problems with Rich Strike running well. 
And I would also point out, again, we're doing this a couple days out. There's rain in the forecast there at Belmont. Rain would really help we the people. He's got an unbelievable yes, Tomlinson yes. number. Yep. He ran in the yep. slop at Belmont. That'd be huge for him. And on the other hand, Rich Strike might not like it. He's not run or not run on this sort of surface and certainly not bred for it. And the only and I just want to follow up on something you said. When mm-hmm. you have an opinion, right or wrong, yep. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta play it more, and and, and it's interesting. Uh, one of your uh, handicapping contemporaries, Mike Maloney, who's based out of Kentucky, he calls uh-huh. it you gotta you gotta crush their souls. You know, when you really yep. really have an opinion, because yep. if you're, oh, you're yeah. playing these races, there's a million op, uh, there's a million opinions a day. The ones you yep. really like, you've got to push because it pays for the ones you were wrong about. So I, I like that theory, Dick. Yeah, no doubt. Look, Epicenter. I- I thought his derby was sensational. Uh, I know we talked about it last time. He gave you the point given move where he made the one move and then Van Don made a run at him and he held him off. He just got beat by kind of a fluky situation coming up the rail. Those are the horses I love. But I just, as I said, I never envisioned that he's going to be eighth behind really slow horses early in the Preakness. That just wasn't something I could have imagined. Uh, so, And I did think early voting was a possibility. Probably the only thing I wish I had to do over is just get some early voting over Epicenter just to save that huge bet I made. But easy to say after the fact. But, yeah, that's, that's a bet I'll make 100 times out of 100. Yeah, the, the betting was crazy on Preakness. I, 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 oh, my so Lord. Th- that board at one point was there were horses that were <laughs> single digits and thir- $13 for early voting on the front end was uh, it yeah. was a gift. We'll try to find a similar gift. So uh, we work backwards here, Dick. This is yep. interesting handicapping puzzle because you go one race back. You have this huge Manhattan field, but then you break it down. This is the yep. Manhattan race 10 before the Belmont uh, Chad Invitational. Chad's got four. You have the Man yep. of War winner, the Turf Classic yep. winner, the eight year old channel maker like. I got to admit, these these horses look the same to me. I'm trying to find a horse that stands out, and they all look very similar. And then you have the Chad horses, and you know they're going to play musical horses with the driver, yeah. the jockeys there. So, what do you want to do here in the Manhattan? You have a pick and a price for people as they build out their tickets for Saturday. It, it, it's a tough. It's such a tough race. Oh. So, oh. I, I, I was just watching videos just before we uh, we got on here, Mike, and. I'm trying to make a case, and I might be trying harder than I should, uh, for Tribuvan or Tribuvan, however they say it. I, he's obviously going to be loose. Uh, his race at Churchill, nobody was winning anywhere on the front end that day, and nobody's winning near the rail. But in watching the replay, he wasn't really near the rail. Franco had him four off, so he had him in the right place at the track. I just, his form from last year, if he can come back to that form the same time last year when he was second in the Manhattan to uh, – Domestic spending, who's way better than any of these horses, in my opinion. Uh, I think he has a chance. I'm just not sure what kind of form he's in. That, that's my only concern. With but he's going to be the right price. He's going to be eight to one. Uh, look, I thought I thought the the Santon ran the race of his life at Churchill. Yeah. I think he caught the right part of the track. I don't know if that's going to happen. Highland Chief, who, who upset the Man of War, as you said, at 19, that was probably pace driven. Uh, given that there was no pace. I mean, he was great, but how will he do now that he's chasing at a much hotter pace? I thought Gufo was tremendous in that race to make that run into that no pace. Gufo is the one horse that I think I can guarantee you will run really well. Uh, Whether he's going to win or not, I don't know, but he's going to be closing hard under Rosario. He'd probably be my key horse. I'm probably going to end up betting something like a 2-7 which is Tribuvan, uh, Gufo first, Tribuvan second, maybe a little 7-2. 
and then try to sprinkle in a couple horses here and there. But you're right. This is a wild, wide-open, crazy grade one race. Yeah, and look, I, you mentioned Mike Welch before. Uh, I, I, I proudly you know, get involved in the workout reports that Daily Racing Form does. They are not a sponsor of this show in any way, shape, or form, but I'll, I'll be looking at that because there are just so many Chad horses in here. I, I want to know which ones yeah. are trading well because the one you did yeah. not mention is the one, if I had to go right now, I ran in the Turf Classic. First off, that layoff was Adamo, the four, for Chad Brown nice and Pratt, yeah. Pratt, who did yeah. – I know that was, was, was way wide in that race – uh, ran yep. on there at the end of Santon, and I thought if that if you use that as sort of a jumping off point, uh, you get Flavor and Pratt, you get Chad second off the layoff, and a horse that had some good races over in Europe trained by Freddie Head. So uh, I'm going to use the workout reports to kind of you know, point me towards some ideas on yep. Chad, but I'm with you. Gufos make sense, and uh, Adamo, the Irish bred, the four at four to one, uh, I could use as well. Now, that has yeah. – go ahead, Nick. It's a fascinating race for sure, Mike, no question. It's a, t- it's a tough race, and, and there are – there are tougher races go in the sequence as well. They're just not they're not deep races, which we'll get to here in Correct. a second. The, the Met Mile used to be run on Memorial Day. They moved it to uh, Belmont Stakes Day. And uh, no matter what you think about the talent in this race, it is wildly disappointing that a race of this caliber gets one, two, three, four, five contestants, and really four because informative of the five horse. Uh, good job right. by uh, Uriah St. Louis. He helps fill these fields in New York. He has no yep. shot to win. The showdown we get, though, is the Freak Flightline, who is 3-0, yep. untested, and has run yep. unbelievable races, Dick, against the East Coast Flightline. That is Speaker's Corner, who has certainly yep. matured as a four-year-old for Bill Mott. Uh, do you want one of those two, or do you want Happy Saver at a huge price running him down at a mile in the Met Mile? Yeah, and no, I think that's exactly the question that you need to ask. Uh, what's going to happen in the first 200 yards? Uh, what's Junior Alvarado going to do with Speaker's Corner? Because Flightline is going, right? I mean, what, where else is, what else is he going to do? He's going. He's coming out of all these sprint races. He's got the rail, so he's going to try to go. Is Speaker's Corner fast enough to keep up if that's what they want? I don't know the answer to that. It's an interesting question, but West Coast speed versus East Coast speed, Mike, we've had that conversation many yep. times. Yep. Uh, it's different. They're just faster out on the West Coast. And Flightline just may be one of these horses that we've been waiting for. Uh, this is going to be the test, though, because this is obviously the best horse he's ever been in against. Speaker's Corner is hot. Uh, he was a really well-thought-of three-year-old last year, but he's exploded. These are the two best older dirt horses in the country. There isn't any argument about that. Uh, but, yeah, what happens if they go – 21 and four and 44 and four uh, and happy saber is sitting third. Uh, I think his name is well suited for this race. <laughs> you might want to save with him uh, because it could play out. Maybe you could bet some doubles into the 10th race with the four. Cause if you beat the one or two, you're going to get something. Uh, if you're playing pick threes, pick fours, you might want to consider it. Uh, I don't think Flightline and Speaker's Corner are going to run together. I don't think it's going to be a 1-2 one, or a 2-1. One. one of them is going to get there and one of them is not. Uh, and that's obviously those exactly are going to pay nothing anyway. I don't like Aloha West at all. I just don't think he's a miler. Uh, and as you said, informative is in there. You know, they, they, they'll take fifth and 40000 and if somebody collapses, they might get fourth, and Uriah will be thrilled on his way back to Parks with a nice check. Uh, but, yeah, I – Look, I, I, if I had to make a pick, I yeah. would pick Flightline just on the theory that he may be just outrun Speaker's Corner and nobody ever gets close to him. I mean, he's been awesome. I mean, there's just no way around it. Now, what is up with 
April, September, December, uh, June. Yeah, I mean, legitimate questions. You know, where's he been? What's up with that? Uh, but that's kind of where I would lean. But I definitely – I got written down a whole bunch of doubles and exacta prices that I'm going to be looking at tomorrow. And many of them include the four happy save. Yeah, and they have uh, – you can run uh, mile doubles uh, into the Belmont uh, Stakes. They have this two-day double – or not two-day double, but uh, multi-race double you oh. can do. If you want to do that, I'm with you. Just the blazing speed of a flight line. I I know the big A, Anthony Stabile at Belmont, was salivating for this matchup. He loves Speaker's Corner here. I I don't like him as much. Uh, I'm hoping for the showdown. Like, if the Met, we love the Met Miles, so I want that showdown. But I just have this fear that that flight line goes wire to wire. And I'm totally right. If they do hook up, Happy Saber is going to benefit. And I'll be, he'll be a backup for me in this mandatory pick five payout they're going to have that ends with the Belmont Stakes. I'll be using a Happy Saber. Uh, as a as a backup in case the one of the two uh, either go yeah. too fast or does not fire. You have to. You have yeah, to. no, I, I think that's a, a very reasonable way of looking at it. And, Mike, I wanted to say one other thing that was interesting. I, I was looking at some of these bet online props for yeah. the Belmont. I told somebody this yesterday. I've, I picked the last place winner in both races. I'm on a roll with last. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and, I, and I picked the second horse and the last horse. They don't really give any extra money for that. So we the people is the favorite, and he should be. He's twenty to one to finish last. I think that's not insane, because let's say let's say he doesn't want to go that far. Speed horses are always the best horses for last. So just consider that It's a nice little backup plan. Twenty to one on uh, on we the people in the Belmont to finish last. And you can get that at uh, betonline.ag. They offer a ton yes, of different heads up ads, and you can get it uh, all there. Those guys. Uh, Dave and company do an awesome job. Uh, the Jiper is another hard race, race number eight, the turf sprint, yep. 13 yep. in here. We, it's roulette on horseback. I married myself to my trip horse from uh, the day before the derby. That's Gear Jockey, uh, who had Brian Hernandez on that day, checked out uh, at the, right before the, the top of the stretch, not the top of the stretch, right before the turn, had to re-rally yep. and just could not get there. Arrest Me Red is a legit favorite, but I'm going to use Arrest Me Red and Gear Jockey, a simple uh, push for those two horses. Got to go narrow somewhere in this group, and I'm going to use Gear Jockey and Arrest Me Red as my two A's in this race, Dick. What do you want to do in a uh, skull-busting turf sprint at Belmont Park? Yes, so I've just come up with a role in these turf sprints. If Wesley Ward is in there with a live horse, you just pick him. I, I don't try to – otherwise you lose your mind because it's too, so complicated. So I like Arrest Me Red, definitely Gear Jockey. I'll give you a couple other exactas. I think the three uh, grand motion source off the layoff I thought was really impressive in the race at Laurel. Uh, but I think the eight could come running at the finish, the Rudy Rodriguez horse, the New York bred. I, I'd, I'd like him at a at a price. Uh, and, and, yes, gear jockey for sure, and maybe even Gregorian Chan on the outside. So, uh, And you can use a bunch of them, obviously, because you've got a 13-horse field. You're going to get some nice prices here. Well, you can use a bunch because maybe in the seventh race you can go narrow. It's the mile and the sixteenth Ogden Fibs. Exactly. It's, it's 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 look. It's short like the Met Mile. It's short on uh, entries. There's only uh, five in here, but I mean I can make the argument this is the race I'm looking forward to the most on Saturday. You get Latruska, you get Malathot, you get Clarier, you get search results who definitely bounce back in the Ruffian. I just I. Tell me that Latruska is not going to be on the front end and get a 49 and change half mile and just go wire to wire here. Because that, that seems unfair in a field this good. Who's going to go with her? And can we beat Latruska at 6-5 to five in the Ogden Phipps? Can't beat Latruska. Uh, it's the Belmont with better horses. That's really what it is. Uh, yeah. you know, more accomplished horses that are in the Belmont against we the people. Yeah, Latruska is just a killer. Uh, I mean, for, 
put a line through the through the Breeders' Cup this staff. We all know what happened that day. That was just impossible. Other than that, she's essentially been unbeatable for a year, and she's going to be losing the lead. I don't think anybody's beating her. I, I can't come up with any reason why. So then it comes down, what do you like for the exact uh, – and it's close. It's really close. I'm not sure why Malathat ran so slow in the race off the layoff, only the 88, but we know she's better than that. I I always thought as a three-year-old, Clariar was going to be better as a four-year-old, and I think that's proved out so far. I think she's a potential star. Uh, if she ever gets a hot pace to run at, look out. Uh, I like the one-four here, uh, Latrusca over Clarier. Same result as we got in the Apple Blossom. Yep, uh, Latrusca looks really obvious on paper. I'm gonna I'll probably include Malathat as well. Uh, I just I loved her as a three year old, and she's been, she was the CCO. She went wire to wire, and she got run down by uh, Maracuja that day. She has shown some speed, so maybe she can be uh, there to pounce. But again, I'm going to lean on the workout reports and uh, try to do some more work on this race. But it feels like you can go narrow uh, in a couple spots there and get yourself spread uh, later on. Dick gave you some great ideas here in the pick five. A uh, couple of things here will get you out, Dick. Obviously, the the, the online scuttlebutt in the last 48 hours has been. Holy crap, awful Belmont Stakes uh, day card, uh, short fields. Uh, where are all the horses? Like, I think there are a, a lot of reasons why potentially we have a day like this that does not get the entries. I think the super trainers having all the good horses. I think the full crop is an issue. I think the fact that we've run so many greater races in this country is an issue. What do you think to you is the biggest issue, and is it fixable, or is this the future of racing, talented but short fields? Yeah, hey, I, I think that's all true. I think we are going to get shorter fields, mostly because of the full crop and the fact that certain trainers seem to have all the best horses because the owners want to give it to them. And I think in this particular circumstance, Mike, there's so many standouts. I mean, really, who wants to run against Flightline and Speaker's Corner? Yeah. Uh, who wants to run against Echo Zulu, who's going to be a big favorite? So I think that's really what it comes down to. A lot of people are saying, and keep in mind, shipping is a lot harder than it used to be, right? There's not the flights that uh, that there used to be. These guys are vanning 12, 14 hours from Churchill Downs to get to Belmont because there's not enough planes. So all that, I think, is a combination. But mostly, I just think these people are looking at, uh, they call the racing office. You go, really? That horse is in the race? I got no shot. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I, you're probably right. We'll, we'll see. Maybe there will on a belt on a Breeders' Cup day. They'll run for the big purse of the big opportunity. Correct. But, uh, they certainly did not. It's uh, not short on talent, but short on entries in a couple of these big races on Saturday. But uh, when I sat down to do the pick five, it was just as difficult as any other pick five. So uh, it was not easy. We'll get you out with a basketball thought. You covered a lot of great basketball teams and players in Philadelphia on the East Coast, NBA college hoops during your illustrious career. You and I were emailing today about this Boston Celtic team, Dick. They're up 2-1 in the NBA Finals. I'm curious what you thought of Game 3 and what you thought of the Celtics here uh, in these finals so far. Yeah, they, they've been terrific. Really, they had the one uh, really bad quarter, right, the third quarter in Game 2 where Golden State does what they've often done, just blitzkrieg people. But they've been even in the first game when they when they made that great comeback, Mike. They were always within hailing distance. Uh, there's nothing not to like about the Celtics. They're bigger, they're more athletic, uh, they're younger, uh, and and I, their defense. And we mentioned Robert Williams last night. I mean, he basically eliminated Draymond Green from the game. Uh, he didn't even know Draymond Green was in the game. To his credit, after when they asked him how he played. He used a four-letter word to explain it, and he wasn't wrong. Uh, he just, I mean, he, just, he was a non-factor. 
But you know what I've learned about these playoffs, and I think it's you've learned it watching the Celtics and all these other teams. What happened in one game has almost nothing to do with the next game. It just starts over, uh, and the beginning of the game is so relevant anymore. But I, look, the Celtics are now the favorite to win. They're up, uh, but Golden State could have easily won five straight championships. This, this group, this core group. So I, I'm not counting them out by any means. Uh, but I think the Celtics have a great. Great chance to get, what is the title number, 18? Yeah, Banner 18, that's what they're talking about. And I think the up 2-1 now, they, they have commanded the series. They're a minus 230 favorite to win it. So, I, I, they're, as you said, Steph Curry can, can do some special things, but I think the uh, Celtics have proven to be. They're, they're, I think they're, just, they're a more deeper team, Dick. That stood out in these three games yeah. so far. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And, look, Curry and Thompson were great last night. I mean, they, yeah. they're not going to shoot better than that. I mean, I don't think. They were ridiculously good. And they still beat them rather comfortably. And I think these fourth quarters, to your point about depth, the Celtics are playing better. Forget game two where nobody was even playing. The game was over. But certainly in game one and game three, they dominated the fourth quarters. And that, that has some meaning. We'll see it. And look, they got two of the best young young wing players in the sport. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever this is this year, if they win it, they're not done winning. This, this is a really, really good group put together first by Danny Ainge and then and that Brad Stevens recently. Obviously, the new coach has just done a phenomenal job with this team. They are fun to watch. Game four on Friday night will get us into the Belmont on Saturday. You mentioned New York. Are you playing in the, the tournament on Saturday there at Belmont Park? I am. I, I've had, Mike, I've had, I played in the Keeneland tournament a month ago. Had the winning exact of backward by like a neck. I would have won oh. the contest. Same thing happened last Saturday at Monmouth. So I'm due. <laughs> Let's see if I can get one home. Yeah, it was funny. The, the person that won the Monmouth contest Saturday had my exacted, but had it the right way. I had it oh. the wrong way. <laughs> but that's, just the, na- yeah, that's the nature of the game. That's how it goes. You do it enough. We were talking about it. One, re- yeah. one rebound short of the big Al Horford prop last night. That's just how it goes uh, yeah. sometimes, especially in <laughs> racing. Well, all right. Yeah. So we're rooting for it. So simple now. We're all rooting for 1-5. In the Belmont States uh, on Saturday. Dick, excellent stuff. We appreciate you and the great crew at betonline.ag. Say hello to Jimmy and Dave Forrest, and uh, best of luck Saturday at Belmont Park. Thank you, bud. You guys. Thanks so much, Mike. There's our guy, Dick Girardi, helping us out getting previewed for the Belmont Stakes. We the people as a big focus there in the big race on Saturday with Creative Minister as a backup. One, five exacta for our buddy Dick Girardi. If you're listening to this as a horse racing fan, we do this every single day on Becky UL Boston. Focusing in on uh, Boston sports, Boston betting, and, of course, the Prince of Pucks weighs in, Chris Scheim, on the hockey. Please subscribe if you can. Uh, iTunes, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you're listening, Spotify. Wherever you're listening right now, you can subscribe. It's a huge help to us. Tell a friend. Tweet out the link. Let some racing fans know that there's these guys breaking down the races for big race days. And certainly, as we get into the summer with this format, this daily format, there'll be plenty of uh, Saratoga handicapping on Saturdays here on the podcast. Uh, We'll have more thoughts on Saturday morning, my own picks on some of these big races. Uh, But if you're betting the races Saturday at Belmont Park, come hang out with us at Mohegan Sun. We'll be there all day long for Belmont Stakes 154. Good luck this weekend. We will talk to you uh, Friday on the podcast here. Beck, you up, Boston.